Hello, welcome to CarCast and Edmonds Podcast. I'm Matt DeAndrea, here with Alistair Weaver. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm you, good. You're, you're in the studio today. You guys have been thrashing, getting ready for a big announcement. Uh, that's right. Although, as you, as, you, uh, as you are listening to this, we've already announced, but as we speak, we are hours away from the launch, um, which is always a huge amount of work. And no matter how well you prep and prepare these things, there's always like a couple of last minute... Um, Last minute things to jump on, but uh, yeah, it's a, you know, the whole award season thing, you know, it's like six months work people. I don't think anybody would quite comprehend how much work goes into putting a, a decent awards program together. So, you know, it's a big moment for the team and something they're excited about and proud of. So yeah, here we go. So the Edmonds top rated is, is out. You guys can watch it now, you know, in, when we get information from car companies, a lot of times we get we get it in advance. It's embargoed and they're saying, this is what's coming, but to give everybody sort of a fair chance to report it at the same time. And like, if we're doing a ride and drive event over three days with Ford at Irwindale, they're like, well, wait till the three days is done. And when everybody's done and then you can do it now for something like the top rated awards, is it the opposite? Do you guys reach out to the manufacturers and go, congratulations, you did well, or so sorry you didn't do well and give them time to sort of prepare or promote or shy away from the results? How does that typically work before yeah, we get into the results? <laughs> it's poachers turned gamekeepers. So you absolutely do that. You know, you reach out and say, because the way this the way this works is we do the judging uh, and start creating the assets sort of late fall last year. So end of November, yeah. we did the shoot because obviously it takes time to process everything, put it all together. So yeah, you do kind of reach out because also you want people to be able to share the good news and, you know, it's good for us. It's good for them if they can, you know, share, share it across their social channels internally, that kind of thing. So, you know, we do encourage that. And, but it it is quite amusing because you set, you set embargoes and deadlines just like it does from the, the other, the other way around. And then you're always thinking to yourself, like, you know, as soon as this is out there, so like I told some of the executives of the couple of the brands back in November at the LA Auto Show, and it's like, well, okay, we've told the executives they're going to keep a lid on it. And then it's like, how many, you know, it's like a big, you know, it's like a big national secret, isn't it? The more people know, the more chance you have of this, this leaking out. But uh, so far, I think things are, things are holding together. Um, and so we, we go live at sort of 6am in the morning, everything's embargoed, everything's kind of like goes live at the same time. So it's a, uh, it's, it's a big operation. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun at the same time. It's nice to, it's nice to be on the other side, the fans making the news as well as kind of like reporting what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Now to sort of set this up, one of the big differentiating factors between your testing and maybe some of the others that are out there, this doesn't have to be a new vehicle or new for 24 or model year new. This is the best of what's for sale currently. So even if it is a model that's a couple of years old, if it's really arguably unchanged, it doesn't really make a difference. It still would qualify if it's for sale now. That's right. So we made like a real decision when we, this is our kind of fifth year of doing this award. So it's relatively, it's a relatively new thing. 
And we always said it takes time to build. You know, it's not we're not the Oscars, right? I haven't been going for, you know, since the 20s or whatever it is. And so it takes time to kind of build up the credibility of the award and to just communicate what, what you're doing. And there's always this saying, isn't it, in life that you have to tell somebody something seven times before they've fully taken it on board. And maybe it's the same with an awards thing. And certainly it's grown quite dramatically this year. And, and that's really exciting. Uh, but we took a decision that, you know, we are, you know, our brand is all about advising car shoppers, you know, consumers, whether you're a diehard enthusiast or just somebody who knows absolutely nothing about cars. Our job is basically to to advise you on, you know, would you buy X or would you buy Y and what, you know, and what is the rationale for that? And the problem with like a traditional car of the year award is you end up, if you're not careful, and we see this from certain awards that I won't mention by name, you end up in a world where you say, right, we're going to give the award to X car. But then you realize that it's not actually the car that you would recommend people to buy. Yeah. So what we basically said is, right, we need to we need to just recognize the best vehicles on sale. It's the cars that you would say to a friend in the pub, this is the one that I recommend or that we recommend based on all the testing and all the analysis that we do. So you do right. have, and we do this year, you have repeat winners. And that's okay because it's still the best SUV or the best electric truck. But that's kind of a key differentiator. And then we did introduce last year, and we're doing it again this year, the best of the best. And this is a kind of special one. I actually got the, got the trophy here. Look at that nice little gold trophy. This is for the, um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, shame on you. You can see all the trophies if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and this is basically a sort of standout vehicle that's really kind of moved the game on. And by definition, that tends to be a new vehicle because it's something that's kind of moved the needle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we it's it's just saying these are the best vehicles. If you're looking to shop in 2024, this is a great place to start. And then you can you know broaden your search from there. So what are the categories? You mentioned best of the best. That's a category that you guys are doing. But what? Yeah. How do you break it down? So there's there's. There's six uh, six awards plus the best of the best, so seven in total. Uh, we have a basic award for truck, SUV, and um, car, and we give an award for a internal combustion, a traditional gas powered car, and an award for uh, a fully electric vehicle. So hybrids are put alongside gas, so it's like either it's got an internal combustion or it's pure electric. And so there are six awards plus the best of the best. Just curious when you when we get a year or two down the road and something like a Ram Charger comes out where it's electric but with the onboard combustion engine generator, but it doesn't power the wheels. What category do you think you're going to put that in? Oh God, that's next year, isn't it? That's probably yeah. that's probably next year's award. That probably going to fall into the EV category or the electric category. I don't know. I don't that's know. going to be a really. I, I hadn't thought about that, and I'm glad you put me on the spot on air. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be a tough one to think about because I think yeah. that's a really interesting vehicle. Well, so and I actually guess very appropriate for the moment. You're going to have to kind of think: is carrying a gas engine on the vehicle matter, or does it have to power the wheels? Right, because it that's... feels like. I mean, the other way to look at it is, is zero emissions. So a zero. I mean, it's obviously not zero emissions, but zero emissions. In use. Yeah. Okay. So then you could do it that way. Is it going to be zero emissions? That maybe that's why your hybrid cars fall into the gas engine category because there is a tailpipe. So yes. I don't know. Tailpipe. Are you, or no are you tailpipe? emitting some? Are you emitting something or not? <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it I guess the Ram Charger would have a tailpipe, in which case it would fall into the gas engine category. Although the, the Ram Charger's got a three and a half liter V6. It's fairly obvious it's a it's a fairly significant internal combustion engine, but but it's not powering the wheels. So No. I don't know, just something to think about. Maybe there's gonna have to well, be Well also it's category. not just me, you know, that that will be a whole question for legal and yeah, a lot of stuff goes into it. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be an eighth category next year. Yeah. Uh, the, all right. So the we can't decide start? what it is category. <laughs> yeah. There's the miscellaneous, you know, uh, honorable. Oh, it's got so much more complicated. Category. Like it used to just be like, it's a V8 or a, you know, a little hatchback, but anyway, yeah. here we go. Where do you want to start? Car? Let's start with car. I'm looking Where at do you want to start? Car, car, SUV and truck. So let's start with car. People are still buying cars. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is something I always say is like, oh, why, you know, and also like people kind of categorize things as SUVs that are really glorified cars. So it's always quite hard to, you know, to put these things together. But yeah, I mean, people are still, you know, you look at sales of like Corollas and Civics and stuff, you know, there's still a, you know, there's still a significant market and, you know, and obviously Camrys and Accords and everything else. It's not, not what it was, but it would be ridiculous to say that it's not a, you know, it's not a big part of the American market. So this year's uh, Edmunds top-rated car is the is the um, is the Toyota Prius, which of course is hybrid, but that's okay. Yes, um, and it's just a big step forwards. You know, the old Prius was your favorite Uber, mm-hmm. and you know was pretty efficient, pretty versatile thing, but not you know not the last word in, in style and desirability. And this new one's just a, a quantum leap forward. It's got a lot more performance. It's a lot better to drive. It looks better. There's a couple of compromises on practicality, but it's still a, 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 a very usable car. And it's in a, a price point, you know, under 30 grand, uh, you know, considering under 30 grand, which makes it accessible. So, you know, there's a lot going for it. You know, and that's that's an important car for Toyota, not just because of how many that they sell, but because Toyota has taken this stance, this sort of arguably anti-EV stance. They're saying hybrid is the way to go. And we've been saying that for a long time. We're not changing our tune. Hybrid is the way to go, uh, not necessarily full EV. And I guess the success of the Prius has sort of shown that. Um, and they're they're going to continue with it. So a super important car, enough important enough for them to invest enough money and resources and and research into saying we need to make this as better or as best as we can, but without losing that price point yeah and i think they've you know we talked about on this show before that you know where are the japanese brands in all the ev world and you know there's two big camps at the moment there's the sort of koreans that are saying we're just going to push on with evs regardless and you know kira and hyundai have been very open about that and enjoying success and then you've got you know honda we've just seen are starting to get more serious about evs but then you've got toyota that's saying well you know, we just don't think the market's quite there yet. We're going to push on. Although we have an EV, it's a bit of a token gesture. We're going to push on with hybrids. Every Camry is a hybrid. Obviously, every Prius is a hybrid. And right now, with the charging infrastructure as it is and everything else, it's it's feels like a very sensible strategy. Whether down the line they will start to suffer a little bit if, you know, they when the world turns more EV and they haven't got product. But, you know, that product's coming too. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the Prius is just a, you know, it's a good car and it looks and I, great. And I'm curious, what's number two on that list? Uh, there, there were there were finalists. So the finalists actually, you, you'll 
probably our our audience will find these more you know in some ways more appealing so we had the honda civic type r okay we don't we don't normally identify trims but obviously the civic type r is such a it's a different model to yeah. the standard civic uh big fans of that uh and then the the other was the um was the chevy corvette yeah um so uh yeah uh and, and z06 z06 form particularly is uh huge is huge is hugely appealing yeah they they nailed it with that car and i we'll see what happens with down the road with something like e-ray or even zr1 uh, but Z06, they seem to nail it. The sound, the performance seems good. Um, yeah. Let's go to SUV and then truck, and then we'll hit the EVs. Where were you guys on SUV? So S, so SUV is the Kia Sportage Hybrid, which is actually a is actually a report winner. Uh, sorry, a repeat winner. And this one's we talked about that you know if nothing's come along that's knocked it off its perch. Again, it's just you know like Kia particularly and Hyundai are just knocking it out of the park at the moment. They're just doing a really great job. You know, nice interior, looks good, uh, performs well, efficient. It's just a really nice family SUV at a at a sensible price point. You know, again, starting well with destination a little bit under thirty grand. You know, going up to nearly forty. But it's uh you know it's if you it's just a good family car for America. This is a good size. It's pretty cost effective to run. Nice interior, plenty of tech. You know, and we've talked for years about Honda CRVs and Rav4s and everything else. And at the moment, it's the Kias that are you know other stand out. And Kia Telluride's been at the top of the list for a long time when you but, in that particular size and in, in SUV market. That's right. And the Telluride was one of our finalists, um, alongside the GLS. You know different categories, and that's one of the challenges of these awards that you can't have twenty awards. We can, but you start to look a bit ridiculous. So, you know, we are comparing vehicles across different categories. So sometimes the finalists will reflect that that there've been some, you know, great cars in slightly different sectors. So the GLS had a big refresh this year, um, and it's just you know for a for a chunk of change, it's a beautiful way to transport a family. And the Telluride has you know also had a refresh and. You know, is it's just still the standout three row. Yeah. So uh, okay. you know, Kia gets a win and a finalist. Uh, and then moving on to truck, where are you guys with with truck? And this is all size trucks, so it doesn't really matter if it's yeah. So this was this was the kind of you know, this was duty or not. This was hotly contested, um, not least because you know it's really been the year of the mid sized truck. So we did have the Tacoma. And okay. if you remember, the Tacoma came out just as we were judging. So we were we were desperately working with Toyota to make sure that we included it. And it was a tough it was a tough call between the Tacoma um, and the Colorado. But when we put everything together, then the Colorado, the Colorado won on points, to use the boxing analogy. And it's just GM's just done a great job. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the what you might call the issues with the previous Colorado have been addressed. The interior is so much better. The tech so much better. It's more comfortable. It drives well. We bought one. I'm about to take it to, to Big Bear for the weekend to go skiing and, you know, excited to be driving it. It's it's just a great all-round mid-sized truck. They've done, a, they've done a really fantastic job. And it, was it a surprise that it bought, beat the Tacoma? Well, you know, it's the first new Tacoma in, what, decade or more. Yeah. So maybe a little bit, uh, and there's more to come from the Tacoma, and whether that will, uh, you know, shake this up a little bit. But you know, GM's done a great job. Yeah, I can't say that I'm 
surprised. I mean, I'm, I guess, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised is what I'm saying. Uh, the Colorado, when I think when it first came out or the reboot of it was a handful of years ago, wasn't a necessarily a home run. And yeah. it, it, it definitely took a few years. It, it needed to get some issues worked out, like you're saying, for it to, to start to really perform and, and do well, just be an appealing vehicle in that, in that range. It just, when it came back, it just didn't really, it didn't blow minds. Oh, I think Chevy, what Chevy's done well with the refresh of the Silverado and then the Colorado is, is just sort out the interiors. You know, they just felt like a generation behind the Ram. And I think, you know, when the, you remember when the Ram first came out, the latest generation, it had this really sort of like luxurious car-like interior. And that was a real step forward. And, you know, Chevy just looked a bit off the pace, but they've really sorted the cabins out. And, you know, for a lot of people listening to this show or out in America, particularly if you get, you know, get out beyond the, you know, the conurbations, the truck... You know, the truck is the new American family car. Yeah. And I think it's taken a while for everybody to catch up with that mentality. And I like I like the Colorado. It's a good size as well. It's a it's a pretty manageable size. You know, sometimes full size trucks can be a bit of a a bit of a handful. But yeah, yeah it's a fun yeah. it's a fun thing. All right. So moving to EV or the category we now call without a tailpipe. <laughs> As we've just determined. <laughs> um, Not hurting the immediate uh, environment. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, electric car. What about hydrogen? Hydrogen would be tricky because hydrogen just hydrogen just basically outputs water vapor. Water, but it does have a tailpipe yeah. if that's the rule. Yeah. That's going to be the rule. So you, yeah. you got to start to question the rules internally. Um you would not believe how much legalese is involved in this competition. <laughs> if you want to look, I can send you a link to the page. If you want to read the legalese, it would keep our lawyers happy. Uh, I'll just take your word for it. I'm fine. I, don't, I could skip over it. So electric car, what's, what's the standout electric car? BMW i5, which some of you might okay. say is a, is a su surprise. Beep. If Listen, I think the, people are going to go, I didn't know there was a BMW i5. I just that feel as well. like it so hasn't this, really been talked about enough yet. No, I think it's only just starting to, you know, get have, be here in significant numbers. And, you know, BMW has had this strategy, which is very different to Mercedes, very different to Porsche, that although they've done sort of one-offs like the iX, which is pure electric and designed from the ground up to be electric, that's not the norm for them now. What they're excuse me, what they're actually doing as a strategy is saying, we're going to build one car and then we're going to give you a, a gas, a hybrid and electric version. So they did it with the 7 Series and the i7. They did it with the 4 Series and the i4. And they've done it with the 5 Series. Now, I remember talking to Porsche engineers when they're talking about electrifying the Macan and they were arguing, you just compromise too much. So what we're not going to do is do a Macan platform and then offer gas an EV. And maybe if you're Porsche... And you're so, you know, you've got to be, the, the driving dynamics are everything. Maybe it works for Porsche. But BMW's basically said, you also care about driving dynamics. We can make this work. So the 5 Series, good gas car, but we think it's even better as an electric car. And it basically looks the same, pretty much. But you're not really giving away, you know, it has still has a good range. It drives beautifully, it has a fantastic cabin. And so it's just a really appealing car. And I think because it's, they're not trying to do it as a ground-up electric car. You know, actually, it's in at a reasonable price point. It's cheaper than, you know, like a um, 
it's cheaper than the equivalent Mercedes. It's cheaper than get you know some of the other luxury luxury EV sedans. So you know you're starting at sixty seven grand plus destination. So it's not cheap, but it's you know I think that's where an E class is just coming in out of the new one. You know, so, for yeah, a, it's a good thing. For a while now on the podcast, you've been talking about BMW getting it right when it comes to EVs. They have the iX, which if you can come to terms with the exterior looks. The rest of that thing is is quite nice and seems to work. I mean, in a world of EVs where we have quite a few issues, software issues, some hardware issues, like it seems to be fairly dialed in. Hopefully, the yeah, the, we follows we it. have an iX which is which is white, which doesn't help the appearance. But I passed one the other day, which is like a cool teal color, and I think it's very very, um, it's very very synonymous with you know with with it's very important which color you choose. Yeah. Um, you kind of want a darker color. You want to hide the lines as much as possible of that car. Right? Yeah, you do. Like white or silver just doesn't seem like the best route. Whereas the i five, um, the the i five is almost like a new generation of BMW design. I think even beyond the the i seven. And this is actually a pretty car, and yeah. it probably works in pretty much every every color. So this is kind of interesting that. A little bit more conservative, if you like. Still looks like a five series, but it's a handsome car. The interior is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for what was uh what was else what else was on the list there? Uh, so what do we have? We have electric car. We have electric SUV. Uh, what, which is what, the key. what else was on electric car? Oh, I I'm sorry. Was the, was the list, but what what's sort of the uh the other one or two up there that was, that was or uh, I mean, so bit. BMW i7, which is the big brother to the i5, yeah, is again really nice, really nice luxury car. Um, and then Hyundai Ioniq 6, which I think tops our well does top our Edmunds EV charging test for you know how quickly it charge, how quickly it charge, how little time you're going to spend at the the plug. It's super efficient. Some great deals on them at the moment. Really spacious. I'm a big fan of that car at a you know at a pretty sensible price point. And then, you know, the i7 is a nice luxury alternative. So two BMWs and a Hyundai. Except the, the Ionic 6, and it's just the one car in their lineup where I just don't love the design. The swoop in the back and the front, it's just like a big side face, a sad face when you're just driving it around from the side. It's just, it's... I they have some really cool things. Uh, and this, for me, just loses it on the design. I, it's not terrible. I just don't like it enough that I'd be like, eh. It's a sort of statement, isn't it? It's a statement yeah. of if you're going to make something really efficient, this is what it looks like. And yeah, you're right. We were shopping for a new family car and I was sort of telling my wife, like, we should look at an Ionic 5, Ionic 6. And she looked at the Ionic 6, just like, no. No. It's just no. like, a, I don't know. It's like a sad face or like a lemon wedge or, or it's I like it. I'm, I'm in the. It's kind of. It's just the back maybe shouldn't turn down so much. Maybe the back should kind of. It's all built for aero. And I yeah. like that. I like the fact that it's like an aerodynamic statement of efficiency. It's a little bit different. I think it's cool. But again, that that's okay. It's polarizing opinion. I like that. Yeah. I, and and then the Ionic. Well, it's also kind of interesting. Like the design language, you don't get a lot of consistency. It's like the Ionic 5 is very, very different to the Ionic 6. Way different. Yeah. So, whereas it's not like we've got used to kind of cookie, cookie, it's been a long day, cookie cutter BMWs and Mercedes, 
Yeah. And then I love the fact that Hyundai and Kira are basically saying, ah, you know, we'll do Ionic 5, we'll do Ionic 6, and they look totally different, and that's okay. Appeal to different yeah. people. It's it's interesting. It's it's almost like someone over there was going, hey, just because we're the same car company doesn't mean we need to share the same parts across car to car. You know, even the interiors are a bit different. You know, you'd think they're using the same like infotainment screens and power window switches, but uh, but that's probably not much more than that of what they're using. There's just not a lot of design sharing over there. All right, electric SUV. This is going to be a pretty significant category. Uh, here in America, the SUVs are are the most popular thing out now. And getting into the electric SUV is going to have to be a significant position for car companies to to go after. So the winner here is, and this was a standout, to be honest, uh, the Kia EV9. This is the first, I mean, we've had three row SUVs before that are EVs, Rivian R1S, Tesla Model X, but this is the first one a day more accessible price point i mean it's still not cheap it's still you know the one that you want is into the 60s but this is just a great car you know you're taking kia's done a great job with the telluride three row and this is a better product than the telluride yes you're paying a little bit more but it's got a you know it's got a really standout design inside and out it's got tons of space there's there's room in the in the third row for real adults i can sit in the third row um it just has so much going for it and I think they've just done a just done a fantastic job with this vehicle. And you know, if this is if this really is like the US, you know, the American family car of tomorrow, then you know, it's hugely appealing. It's you know, you you've got to commit to an EV and some of the challenges that come with that, but it's a really nice way to travel. It really is. This is one of the designs where I feel like they didn't mess with it too much. The Kia Telluride was successful and is continues to be as a gas engine vehicle. And they just said, well, what would the sort of futuristic EV version, we can play around more with lighting and some of the shapes and, you know, eliminate grill. Like what would that look like on a Telluride? And they came up with something that I think is different enough from the Telluride, but has enough sort of DNA to go, this is the same family. You know, if you, if you walked into the Kia showroom and saw the Telluride and the EV9, you can sit there and go, do I want gas engine or or EV? And be happy with either one of those vehicles and how they look and probably how they perform. Yeah, it's like the slightly cooler sister, isn't it? It has that it has that vibe about it. It's I was one of the rare cars. Well, when we saw the concept version, I was like, oh, not sure about this. You know, there's a lot going on. And and then actually out on the road as a production car. I thought this is actually really cool. I mean, it's kind of, I think there's a lot of people going to look at it. Oh, I don't like the looks. You know, it is quite, it's still quite an extrovert statement, but the interior is more conventional. And the only sad thing is that in the US, in the US, I think in, I believe in Europe, the front seats rotate. So you can almost have it almost like a, like a minivan. So that'd be great for families. The US, I think there's some sort of legislative nonsense means you can't actually do that. Um, but it's, no, it's a good thing. It's a really, it's a, it's a really good thing. And you know, it's also about Kia talking to different people. You know, these all their vehicles are now at a higher price point. Yeah. You know, you're no longer selling as a sort of bargain alternative. You're you're selling now on quality and capability and you know an appeal. What else was on that list of electric SUVs? Uh so on that list, uh Ionic five. Okay. Uh Kia Nero EV. So again, it's it's like <laughs> Wow. It's the Kia, whole, Kia, 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 Hyundai. The whole family of uh, of 
of the Korean SUVs are are up there. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the Nero is obviously in a much lower price point. Um, and then, you know, Ionic 5 is still a, you know, a great little SUV. Yeah. And, you know, the steels are starting to get better on them as well. So, yeah, you know, no Teslas there, of course. You know, it'd be interesting this year about to get the uh, the new Model 3. That wasn't available for proper testing when we, right. you know, when we did the awards. So it'd be interesting how that lands, because that is a former winner of our car category, not the SUV, but the car category. And there's probably going to be an updated Model Y this year as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's all, uh, yep, all Hyundai, all Hyundai Kia. What have we not talked about? We haven't talked uh, about electric, electric truck. truck. We're going to do truck and then best of the best. So let's go electric okay. truck. So electric truck, uh, you've got one right behind you, Matt, the Ford F-150 Lightning. It's, it's back there. It's behind my, it's got no wheels looking, on it. <laughs> we're looking after your residual values. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Ford F one fifty Lightning. Ford well, we don't F-150 have a Silverado Lightning. yet. We have Rivian, and and I mean, I'm not sure it's a very big category quite yet. It is, and that's fair. But Rivian did bring out the two motor version this year, which is more an accessible price point. Um, and we like the Rivian. We own one. It's been a good, you know, it's been a good, a good vehicle. Um, you know, having the the slightly cheaper version will only boost its appeal. Yeah. And you know, you look at the sales figure. They did thirty five thousand units last year, and they're still ramping up. So they sell more R1Ss than R1Ts, more more SUVs and trucks these days. But it's still, you know, they're doing a they're doing a great job. Um, and you know, the Hummer is out, but is the Hummer pickup truck version out yet? Yeah, the Hummer's here as a as a finalist. You know, very oh, different is. vehicle, much more of a. Although it's built for off roading and it's very capable, it's much yeah. more of a kind of lifestyle choice. I mean, what's what works about the F one hundred and fifty is it's just as you know, it's it's an F one hundred and fifty made electric. Yeah, right. It's not trying to be some fashion accessory. And you know, obviously Cybertruck wasn't well, it's barely out now, but it wasn't out when we started judging this. You know, this is not a, a fashion accessory. This is a proper truck with more versatility than a normal F-150, because you've got this amazing frunk. Um, you know, and all the other capability of a normal of a normal truck. The, you know, if you're towing long distances, then probably not the choice. Uh, but you know, for most purposes, this is a, just a great, it's a great vehicle. I spent the last week running around in hours and yeah, it's, it's a good thing really is the tech's great. It's been reliable for us, spacious, comfortable, probably faster than it needs to be in all honesty, but you know, it's a cool thing. And you said, uh, the, the finalists on that list were, was it Hummer Rivian, and- Rivian and Hummer, Rivian but you're right. No Hummer. Silverado, no Silverado yet. Uh, well, that's been delayed. The work so, truck and yeah, you know, Cybertruck and Silverado can't even be in the mix yet because you can't, you know, it wasn't available when any of this was yeah. being was being produced. So, so next year you have more of a pool. Of, yeah, the Ram should be on stream next year. Next year it becomes a very quite yeah. a different market. The Ram will be on stream. The um, Fisker's going to make their little truck. I'm not sure if that's like a twenty. Mm, I doubt it'll make this year. Yeah, it's. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, obviously Silverado will be here. So it's gonna, you know, this this market. If, if this, if twenty three twenty four was kind of the year of the midsize truck, and you know, Ranger we're still Ranger we're driving. Uh, is it this month or beginning of next 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 month? Actually, we're driving Ranger. So, you know, really the midsize truck market when Ranger comes will be updated, and then we'll be looking at full size EVs and range extender EVs and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, exciting exciting year ahead. 
Okay, then the last category, best of the best, the one car that you guys, or truck or whatever, that you guys sort of stood out and wanted to, I don't know, maybe it was the one that you guys all wanted to take home or just the one you thought was the sort of the category killer, the one that's going to make the biggest difference to the automotive. Yeah, this wasn't, so, this wasn't so difficult in the end that we just thought the Kia EV9 was such a, a, a standout vehicle. It's just, you know, it's the first, as we said, it's the first sort of proper reason, you know, more accessibly priced family three row it's it's just a super product and as we were saying it's like one of the best vehicles we tested in a long long time when you look at its overall range of attributes what it's trying to achieve it charges quickly it's got very good range for vehicle of that size uh, and price point it's got tons of space it's rapid it's good to drive it's refined they've done an awesome job with it they really have and and also it's got the market to itself for quite a long time we you know there are more three-row SUVs coming. There's a Wagoneer coming. There'll yeah. probably be a Hyundai version coming, but not for quite a long time. So it's got the market to itself for months because the Rivian's good, but it's much more expensive. The Model X is an old car now and is more expensive. So yeah, big fans of the Kia. Congratulations to uh, everybody in Seoul, everybody in the US, and yeah, we really um really stand behind this one. So all of the details. And you get a you get a lovely trophy. You get the okay. trophy. Uh, all of the details on these um, on these vehicles and the videos and everything is all at the Edmunds.com website, Edmunds.com slash top rated. Exactly. And if you're watching the YouTube channel, we'll throw a link in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, that's where you go. Edmunds.com. Yeah. On our YouTube channel, Edmunds Cars, we've got like a 13 minute film, which takes you through all the testing process because we didn't really talk about how we come to these awards. And, you know, this is. This is a long process of testing. You know, every vehicle that we, every vehicle that wins an award has been through a full Edmunds rating process. It means it's been down to our test track. It's been on our kind of valuation loops. If it's an EV, it's been through our range test, our efficiency test, our charging test. So there's a lot goes into this before we arrive at the winner. So we've got all that. If you watch the film on YouTube, we've got 13 minutes, which explains how we came about the awards and then sees it all come together. There's also tons of stuff across the site. And it's interesting, but we, you know, obviously you look at the data when you've run awards like this and it does work. You know, people who are, we can track like people's journey and we find that more people who actually look at these awards are, are then going on and submitting leads and, you know, going off to find out more about the vehicles. So there's obviously a lot of interest around them and that's always good to see. You want to feel like you're providing a, a useful service. Yeah. Um. Awesome. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Going to dig into some more, watch some of the videos. I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, is there anything we're missing? Um, no, it's across all our social channels as well. It's everywhere. Everywhere. It's everywhere you look, there's Edmund's top raters. Chances are you've already seen it by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Alistair, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Edmunds.com as well. You guys go check out that stuff. And yeah, we're going to wrap things up. We'll be back next week. So until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.